been good market's been yeah same as it's been to be honest um a lot of names that are at some pretty key levels like uh amd that's something i've been trading a lot um i know there was a lot of talk around amd because it was nearing 100 this week um that was so funny the uh I saw all the people talking about amd swings everyone was like amd swings which if you took an amd swing um i would kind of with you i thought it was gonna bounce off 100 it was just so funny how it was like 100 was like that key level and i even had it mapped out and then all of a sudden like you just woke up one morning and it was like 97 they yeah even like down. have like yeah anything there wasn't even like a moment where it was like 100 is really hard support it was like oh fuck your support and it just tanked right through yeah, crazy. problem with that level was that uh, I think it had bounced like three prior times, so it was pretty weak to begin with. Um, but then once we gapped down through it, um, I think that morning I grabbed AMD puts right at the bell, like as soon as I could buy, I did, and I never do that. Um, but we were below that level and I was willing to risk it, um, I think, and, and it ended up turning out pretty well, or playing out pretty well. I always tell people, if something tests a level, like a triple top is the furthest I'll go for topping. If it goes to a fourth top, then I think it's testing it enough times to where that level is going to be quite weaker. Um, that's how I feel when I play a lot of flags. They'll hit the same spot. It's so like I'll play a flag and it'll like bounce up to... Um, you know, like whatever it is, if it's a bear flag, it'll bounce up to a dollar and then all of a sudden it'll come down and then it'll bounce up to a dollar again and then it'll come down and it'll bounce up again. It's like after that third one, I'm starting to be really wary of uh, holding in the direction that I want because it's like, well, if it if it bounces off of that again, there's a chance it bites through at this time. Like three is okay. Four, five, six, that's when things start to get really rough and you might get your, your support, your resistance eaten through. Yeah, like just that's just how TA is. Like the more times something tests a level, the weaker it becomes, and that's that's how supply and demand is too. Like more times a, a level's tested than, or the longer something spends in a level, the weaker it is. So if you get a move into like on AMD, if you were if you would have gotten a move into that lower demand zone and it kind of just would have consolidated within that zone then that's a weak zone because you want to see like interaction same with support and resistance like you want to see an interaction yeah. like right away 
Man, I gotta say, I saw someone with a lot of followers on Twitter saying that if a stock breaks through a resistance zone, oh that doesn't mean that it could be a support zone after that. And I was like, dude, this is like one of the most beginner common things we see on a daily basis. When something breaks through a level, it'll come back and it'll test it and either confirm or deny. But like half the time it confirms and uses it as new support. And I was blown away that all the comments underneath this this guy's post that were like, yeah, this is the stupidest like thing. I was like, dude, this is like something that is so common on every day. Like you'll see it like five times on a single stock in one day. It's, it's like crazy. The, it's like the most elementary shit. Like I saw that. And for that guy to say that, I'm like, like you're either Twitter war. You're either like trolling or you're just ignorant. And I pretty sure he was being serious dude the worst part about it the worst part about this whole thing is people will fucking like beginners believe all this shit because people will have a lot of followers like if you have a lot of followers dude, you have to be careful what you say if you spout some bullshit like that like like uh, absolute just ass nine shit that's like saying like that'd literally be like saying if something bounces off of a support it's not a support anymore yeah that's like, like dude what the fuck that's like that Rampart dude that has like 20k on Twitter but only tweets Expo. He's been tweeting Expo <laughs> since 2020. Only oh, 20 times a day Expo. That was a money maker back in the COVID days. I remember that. He has to be getting paid. Yeah, he has absolutely. to. You don't it's probably stand. It's probably yeah, stands to account. It might for be. His backup. Fucking Expo 20 times a day. Dude, worst part. I don't want to be all negative and shit, but like, I just can't get over people who like say that kind of stuff. And then like beginners wonder why, like we can't have people trading full time. You know, it's like when you spout that kind of bullshit, people are going to like lose and then they're going to quit. Yep. Like yep. it's so stupid. It pisses me off so bad. Yeah. It's... Well, anyway, in other news, um, Elon wants to buy Twitter. Yeah, dude, he's like backed them into a corner because what? So what happened? He bought a huge stake in 9%. Twitter, and then was going to join the board, and then rejected the offer to join the board, and now he's trying to buy it. What was it for fifty some dollars a share? Fifty four. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and then you told me that they had like an emergency meeting today. Yeah, we'll talk more about Twitter later in the episode with our our new segment that we're we're releasing today but um but yeah they have an emergency meeting i think it said two pacific time so i think that's like is that one o'clock your time wait, 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 wait uh no that's um they're three hours ahead dude i'm terrible with time time is fucking confusing west coast time is three hours is. ahead of me okay all right well i think <sighs> I think Elon is like, I don't know what his end game is here, but he's definitely playing some chess. I know what his end game is, dude. He'll inflate, the, like just him being associated with that, like will inflate the price of that stock big time. And he's speaking to private though. Oh, really? That's what he wants to do, yep. Well, I don't know then. I know he... He was tweeting a bunch of shit, like all these changes he wants to make, like put wants to make, like put an edit button in and all kinds of shit. So. Yeah, and he wants to 
like make it more free speech based, which I got some stuff to talk about later on that. But I think it's like the company would honestly probably flourish with him as a CEO. Like oh, yeah. they just lost their CEO, um, Jack. They could use a name like Elon. And also the payout that he would give to the execs with that big of a buyout, like that's that's hard to pass up for their board members, their executives. Like yeah. that could be that could be life changing. I mean, obviously they're all rich, but it could be life changing money for them regardless. It'll change their life even more than Twitter already has. I think it I don't know. If I had to guess, I would say that it probably happens. But I don't know. I mean that'd be wild. We're we're kind of against the grain because I was searching through Twitter and like all the all the big follower people don't think it's gonna happen, but I kinda think it's gonna happen. I th- I for some reason I do. I don't know. I mean here's the thing though, if they reject that offer, does he come back with anything else? I don't know. Uh, he said it's his final offer in yeah. the the proposal, so man, I think I think he would probably just walk away and he'd honestly probably tank the price. He'd probably tank all the way to 40 bucks at the most, um, you know, 35 at the minimum, at the least, the bottom side. That would be crazy. I don't know. The power that man has is unrivaled right now. Yeah. Some of the shit he does, though, kind of pisses me off. Like, he'll tweet shit about, like, crypto and it'll just run. And yeah, he's definitely doing some pump and dump BS. Mm. Like his with his Doge, Dogecoin, Dogecoin, whatever you want to fucking call it. That was some of the worst pump and dump bullshit action I've seen. Yeah, that's the shit I don't like, but it is what it is. Yeah. Also, I think <laughs> I like question his like whole mysterious facade of a personality i think it's super lame like everyone is like super obsessed with it on wall street bets and stuff i always go on there and i see like papa elon and all this shit and i'm like dude it seems like he's like thinks he's in a movie from irobot and he's like the lead actor oh dude did like you... no one cares about you that much did elon. you see when he revealed one of the cars the other day he like drove it through this like huge factory and everybody's cheering and like there's light it looked like an edm concert like lights are going off it's all pitch black he drives it up on stage he gets out with like a cowboy hat on and boots like it was like a it's concert some, and I, he was just that's some shit from the the dropout with elizabeth holmes yeah Did you watch that yeah where like she would bring the uh the company together and she'd be like i do this is my best impression of her we are gonna make Theranos great again and then she would literally like everyone would start clapping and I was like this is the lamest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Well did you see about that that her like her voice was like she would change her voice on purpose to sound more manly that's crazy she also wore like the same exact thing as that stupid Steve Jobs poster every single day how you gotta be like real fucked up to do something like that like mentally like just not right and then she was also just like her only person she'd ever like dated in her life was that like 60 year old sunny dude yeah like bro like she was just fucked from the beginning very strange i felt bad for her at the end though of the dropout because it was like she did have like good in mind it just never worked out right yeah 
but she just she totally went upon it the terrible most fucking horrific way possible yeah yeah that's crazy you drank anything good lately we're doing this midday on a thursday so i don't think either of us are going to be cracking anything open but yeah dude i I just bought these new seltzer the the corona the new ones they're like the tropical ones and they're actually really good i think um there's like a mandarin one there's a watermelon there's um i think there's like a star fruit they're actually really good i saw um somebody just came out with seltzers uh some vodka company did you see that it was uh Ciroc? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you see those? I saw them. They're expensive. Yeah. Like really expensive. I didn't buy them. I saw them, but the flavors look kind of The cans good. look dope. Yeah. They're like like what are they? What is that called when it goes like from one gradient? color to the next color? Yeah, yeah, it's like a gradient. Yeah, they look super cool. I can I'll show you guys the bottle of what I've been drinking. Well, I got two things actually. First off, I got to shout out my Mucho Mango. This shit is fire. This is my one that I get every week. I get to go to the store and buy myself one because this entire can has 62 grams of sugar in it. So I only get one on the weekend, dude. But this shit will send me into the absolute bussin' realm. This thing is like... Mango anything. Taste it and I'm like... That'd be so, good, like, mixing with, like, uh, vodka or something like that. Oh, that'd be fire. Like, dude, you, you know what I should do? I should create, like, my own Four loco type thing. <laughs> like, like, literally just, like, drink, like, this much of it and then just... Put, like, some seltzer it. in. Yeah, put some, maybe a little bit of seltzer in there. Yeah, but this is this has been my, my go-to recently. It's the blonde... And I don't know if this is a fatal or a fat ale. So I'm just going to say both of them because i I don't know what it is that bottle's super cool yeah it's uh, this is actually super popular it's like peace tree brewing i'm pretty sure everyone like has it near them it's super like across america but it's like the perfect um if you like i'm trying to think um how to say this right if you don't like ipas a lot and you don't like super like weedy beers a lot either it's like the perfect in between like it's let me see what they say about it it's like there's a little bit of that ipa like crispness like it's yeah um got that juicy maybe like fruit flavor but it also has the the yeast in it that adds like just that little bit of wheat taste that i don't know it's just perfect like and it's also eight percent so you can like drink like two of them and be feeling good but i've been fucking those up recently and uh, they're way too smooth for 8%. It's dangerous. Oh, and then here's the other thing. I got these, bro. I got these at Trader Joe's, these simpler times. Mm-hmm. An entire, I think, is it eight pack? Was $3. $3? $3. And it's the worst thing I've ever drank in my entire <laughs> life, but it was $3. Uh, you have Trader Joe's by you? We have one. We don't have any by me. I drive there like once a week just to they've all, check out if they got any new dips or anything. Yeah, Trader Joe's has fire stuff, but for sure, we don't have for one. sure. All right, so we want to talk a little bit about um, you know some stuff that we've been playing recently. Some of our top watches. I know you've been playing AMD a lot. Mm-hmm. If you want to go over that a bit, then uh, I'll go over my swing after that. Yeah, let me pull the chart up. Uh, 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 uh. 
So, the reason that I've been playing AMD a lot um, is because well, for a few reasons. One, we've been in a consistent downtrend since November, uh, end of November. Um, we haven't been this low since July of last year. Um, so basically, it's been uh, a very good vehicle to trade for me. Um, and... It follows technicals extremely well, um, but more more so recently, this past I'd say week or two has been a extremely easy short because on the daily specifically, um, we had a big cluster of moving averages. We had our two hundreds, nine, twenty, fifty, and VWAP all stacked on top of one another. And what day was that that we broke that? That was the 31st of March. So since then, if you look at the daily, it's been extremely, extremely easy to play. Um, it's well under its 9 and 20. And if you know anything about the 9 and the 20, um, they are extremely strong following trend. So for this instance, since I've been playing it short, they've been extremely strong support or resistance areas. Um, we also got a 9 and 20 cross on the 1st of April, which has kind of propelled us down here. Um, but it's been it's been easy to play, and this is the low, and now it's under 100 bucks. This is the lowest it's been in a long time. Um, so for me, I've been playing a lot of AMD, a lot of Apple. Um, what else have I been, I've been playing? Ford. Um, Ford's extremely cheap to play. Um, and I always suggest Ford for uh, a lot of beginner options traders because you can, you know, grab multiples of Ford. The the premiums are pretty cheap, so but that's what I've been playing. Um, Apple started to cool off after that crazy, crazy run, so it's been another good one that's uh, been a nice short opportunity. Um, like I said, after that crazy, after that crazy run into uh, the beginning of April. <laughs> But what about you? What have you been playing? I saw you uh been posting a lot of stuff on Twitter. Yeah. I got uh So options wise it's just kind of been the same old spy apple, um QQQ here and there. Nothing really um substantial there, but let me run to my Twitter so I can just um fill you guys in on the swing that I got. So Gato is the swing and I'm actually super confident in it um i said i said if it fills the gap by next friday i'll get a cat tattoo but i'm probably going to change it if it fills the gap at all i'll get a cat tattoo which i'm pretty confident it will and i kind of just want a cat tattoo anyway so i'll likely end up with a cat tattoo but i said um the table is being pounded on gato for a couple reasons first off if you look at that gap, um, it's already trying to push that gap. It's made some higher lows in the past, like, two weeks, two and a half weeks. So we're moving in the right direction towards that gap. Uh, the gap is all the way to nearly $10. So right now it's 5 bucks. The gap is to 10 bucks. You see the upside there. Um, silver has been really, really strong. And this is 
primarily a silver mine and their silver production is up 58 percent for quarter one 2022 over quarter one 2021 and the whole reason that that gap from 10 to i think it gapped all the way to like four something when that when that gap actually occurred but the whole reason for that gap was because they came out and said well we might have overestimated the silver in our mind we might not have as much as we thought Mm -hmm. um we're not sure. So we need to do some some uh, extracting and analyzing. So they're doing that at the end of 2022. And until then, the uh, the directors, the executives, the board members, anyone with shares cannot sell any shares. They, they filed for um, a no sell agreement. Mm-hmm. It's actually called a management cease trade order. So they can't buy, they can't sell, they can't do anything. So that leads me to believe they're not going to drop like an offering or some bullshit like that. They're not going to pull some some stupid shit over the shareholders because they are shareholders right now. Yeah. Um, they can't get out and then pull the offering like a lot of a lot of shady companies do. So that makes me think we're fairly safe. Um, the fact that their silver production is growing makes me extremely extremely excited for them. Um, their lead and le- lead lead and zinc production was also up 36% and 58% respectively. Uh, they're doing a dividend quarter two. They have 40 million in cash right now. They're not going to drop an offering, likely. I don't want to say never, but likely because they have that 40 million cash. They have a strong balance sheet. They're doing a dividend. Um, also, Zinc Futures are on a war path. I said that in the tweet, that exact statement. Zinc futures are on a war path. They're up 20% in the past month. That's pretty crazy. Silver is attempting a breakout in this past week before we recorded this podcast. It's up 5%, which is, if you know silver, that's pretty solid. Um, the underestimation for the silver caused that gap, and the underestimation is not po- like impacting them. The price of silver is going up. They're finding more silver than they expected. They're finding a higher grade of silver than they expected, which is all causing this 58% jump. So I don't see a whole reason for the gap. Um, metals are hot. We'll see the the estimation numbers end of 2022, but I don't expect to be in then. I expect to ride this just to see if we can, you know, maybe make it to seven bucks, get a solid 30, 40, 50% are out of this. And then I'm going to be, I'm going to be running with my money, but yeah, right now I'm holding full. I have like a four, I think it's like 440 average, 450 average, something like that. So I'm up about 12, 13%, maybe 15%. Um, yeah, I'm I'm long and I'm pretty strong on it. I think uh, I think it's it's really really undervalued based on what they've been finding since that really really bad gap causing press release that they had. So that it's the first swing I've taken good. in like a year for yeah. real. Yeah, that chart looks so good. Yeah. This is what me and you used to play when we first met were those gap charts. Dude, they would pay pay every time. time. Every time they would pay. Yep. The craziest part about when I post those on Twitter is it shot up like 10% after hours when I posted it. Like I was, because someone just like slapped a bunch of shares at like a way higher price. And it must have been someone who saw my tweet. And then this morning it went right back down. But I was like, I tweeted, I was like, who got way overexcited and decided to just like slap a bunch of shares 10% above the price that it's actually at? I was like, you guys need to chill your little balls out. Relax. It's who's playing with tomorrow. that? Who's playing with that much money that was, doesn't know what they're doing? Place. So it was like, it was only like 500 shares or something, which is not like a small amount of money, but not a big amount of money. But it was enough after hours to move it because there was no one else bidding. So it was just like, 
Some someone was just like, let me just throw a limit on here, and then it filled, and they were like, oh fuck, dude. It was funny though. I was I was surprised. I was like, damn, y'all gotta relax with this. How long until thing. uh? How long until um Atlas gets on that? Oh man, I I would be. I'd have to get out. Who's even in Atlas these days? Is it the same people? Um, dude, I don't see a lot of their big guys talking anymore. I've never know. been I look in at there. It, I watch. I watch Atlas just to see what they're like playing and stuff, so I can see if if like I see something and then I see some random volume, I'll go and search it in their chat just to see what happens. Um, see if someone said something and then it like randomly popped, or see if Zach Morris said something in Atlas to make it go, or if PJ's on it because. You know, I like to know where volume comes from, whether it's, yeah. you know, a person or it's an alert, that kind of thing. I like their large cap room, though. Sometimes they'll just like, um, you know, just every once in a while cruise through there. And they have some pretty decent guys in there that actually talk about some some good stuff. Yeah, I don't know. I've never been in there and I don't really follow any of those guys but um they seem like they haven't been talking a whole lot i don't know quiet yeah which i'm okay with i'm okay with quiet quiet is better than a whole bunch of noise it makes twitter easier man i can hop on twitter and i don't see like people fighting each other all the time yeah dude for a while there it was absolutely terrible the drama was nuts like really bad they came at Teddy. Who comes at Teddy? Yeah, for real. For literally nothing. I don't even think I have ever gotten came at since then or before then. Yeah, but that apparently... was that was interesting. It was interesting to say the least. For interesting. For like no reason. So. <laughs> because apparently getting one percent a day on a ten million dollar account is not possible. If no comment. I'll go account. on for 30 minutes. Dude, if if I had a $10 million account, I would not be on Twitter. I would not be trading every day. I would have dividend stocks. That would be it. If you have Literally a, it. If you have a $10 million account and know what the hell you're doing, there's zero reason to be on Twitter. Yeah. I'd be trading spy commons. Dude. I would just be slapping spy commons every day i'd be golfing every single day yep doing literally nothing i would no doesn't make sense i would what else would i be doing i'd be taking like a weekly trip oh yeah to somewhere very beautiful yeah just like fly out for like a day and then come back and then fly out next next week and then come back yeah fly out again come back all right so I wanted to talk about um, adapting to successful market um, changes. So you need to be able to change your own TA strategy based on what the market is reacting to day to day, week to week, month to month. And what I mean by that is, you know, there'll be certain chart setups that are really, really successful for a three month period. And then the next three months, those will be a little less successful. And I don't see a lot of people talk about this on, on Twitter um, or in other podcasts or in you know YouTube, wherever. I haven't seen much on this. So I wanted to kind of give everyone 
my thoughts on this. Um, I kind of consider it a revolving door. It's kind of like, you know, flags will be hot one month and then the next month it's it's tweezer tops, tweezer bottoms. The next month um, it's, you know, low volume pullbacks that don't look like flags. Yeah. And then the next month things are a bit trappy. And then the next month it's range trading where you can trade, you know, spy in that, that $2 range, that $4 range, whatever it is. Um, and you have to kind of have all of those tools in the back of your, your, your pocket. And that's why I think it takes people a long time to become successful traders because things are changing, but they come back like a year, a year and six months later. And then you'll be able to finally realize, Oh man, this is that trend that I sat through last year. Like this is that flag trend. This is that. It also happens with other things other than TA. It's like, you know, rotation into bio, rotation into tech, rotation, um, away from fucking everything in the summer rotation away from volume is what happens in the summer yeah. rotation away from stocks fucking people just go do whatever they want to do other than stocks but um it's it's just rotation all it is is like like you know mikey from real ones love that guy he's really into flags um you know those are really hot and then those get cold a bit and you see mikey playing other types of stuff so he's on to that rotation um it's rotation where where fizz you see fizz be be short he's kind of kind of short heavy for a month and then the next month you know you see him being long heavy that's all that's all good traders right there making good decisions as in they see what's happening they're able to look at sorry had to burp you're able to look at it you're able to diagnose what the market is doing right now and you're able to execute upon it and i think um last month we had a lot of tweezer bottoms and tweezer tops that were extremely hot. I was making um, daily money on tweezer tops. I would just slap tweezer tops after like three days of seeing it. I just would go and look at QQQ, Spy, the big text, Apple, Microsoft. And if I saw a tweezer top, tweezer bottom, I was on it. Um, the, the few months before that, it was flags. And what I've been making my money on this week um, is wedges and wedge breaks. Like spy yesterday, I made an absolute killing on this wedge break that I posted on Twitter, um, and I think I think that's something that maybe next week we need to maybe confirm. It's just like when you break through a resistance, you got to back test it to confirm. We got to back test this next week to see if it's if it's confirming. But I think wedge breaks are possibly. Um, going to be something to keep an eye on and i just consider a wedge break of 50 50 whichever direction it's going to go i i know that there's there's obvious um statistics on you know if it's if it's leaning to the downside if there's certain candles in it there's a lot of stuff volume profile there's a ton of stuff i just look at it and i say okay i'm going to wait and see which direction it confirms under or above on this wedge and then i'm going to go long or i'm going to go shorts and i'm going to hold it for a bit to see that see that play out um Really simple, trying to keep it simple. But that's what I've seen, honestly, in this rotation. Um, I want you. I want to give you a chance to talk a bit, but I do have some more to say on the uh, the revolving door of setups. Well, for me, it's a lot of. Um, well, there's there's two sides to it. There's the side that you know everyone's seen that picture where it's you know month by month what's hot april bio's hot supposedly the summer you know slower um small caps pick up in the fall like everyone's seen that um january it's supposed to be you know 
a hot month for pennies or whatever. But there's times like we've seen like that wasn't the case this year, you know, and that's why being able to adapt is so important. Sometimes low floats are the theme for a week or two. Sometimes it's stocks under a dollar. Sometimes, you know, it's like you were talking about certain formations are hot um, and certain formations aren't. Um, Since October, you know, the move swings weren't in and they really, they still aren't, you know, swings aren't hot. People aren't, a lot of people aren't swinging anything. Um, and it was primarily people were trading large caps, trading options. So I think to be successful, you have to be able to do a little bit of everything. Um, but for me, what enables me to be consistent no matter what is I can go from trading large cap options using supply and demand. I know it gets repetitive, but I can use supply and demand to trade large cap options. Or I could, if pennies heat up, I can use supply and demand to trade pennies, trade momentum in the morning. Um it's different with swings like for swings um you know good setups before where like you were saying before those gap plays we would look for those gap plays we would look for you know double bottoms we'd look for things post offering um but it's different when you're not swinging um but the people that don't adapt are not going to be able to be consistent when the theme changes and people that were only swing trading since October you've probably been struggling if you did it if you chose not to adapt or you chose okay maybe um, I'm gonna choose not to learn how to trade momentum or I'm gonna choose not to learn how to trade options um, so you've been struggling since then but you just have to you can't be a master of everything. You'll never be a master of everything in the market. There's too much to it. But you can learn to, quote-unquote, master a specific thing and then be good at a lot of other things. You don't have to be a master at options, be a master at trading commons, be a master at swing trading, be a master at shorting. You, But you can be a master at, maybe you're a master at trading momentum, but you're also really good at trading options. Like that, you can do that. And that's what's going to be most beneficial to you so you can trade in any market the ability to trade options go long or short you can trade any market for now until the end of time if you can trade options both both ways then you can do anything um so you know you have to be willing to to adapt to whatever the flavor is for that week, that month, or for this case, since October. So it's been, what, six months, seven months? So. Yeah, I agree. I think um, people really need to realize the, the value in having multiple skills. A lot of people really like to be like, I'm a swing trader, I'm a day trader, I'm a this, I'm a that. Great. But can you do the other ones? How are you going to become successful if, say, sometime in the future, day trading doesn't work as much? 
or say, you know, these certain scalps that you're really into don't work as much. How are you going to do when you have to put that tool away? So there's always value in just having multiple tools because when the times change, those tools are going to help you um, make up for what you're missing when your other tools that you've been mastering aren't working. That's where I think a lot of beginners fall into the trap um, where they find something that works, but then it stops working and they can't figure out why. It's probably because the market changed. Nothing about you changed. You probably were just still trying to learn on that same course. You're on the same path, um, but the market changed. The setting changed. And when the setting changes, um, your path isn't even there anymore. You have to find a new path. And, you know, whether that's um, like like me and you transitioning to large cap options, whether it's that, whether it's, um, you know, finding supply and demand when you've pr primarily been a volume trader or vice versa. You're, you've been a supply and demand trader, but now you're finding volume plays. Um, or maybe you're, you're less of a TA guy and you've been a fundamental guy, but now you're starting to see the value of TA, but you still have all that fundamental stuff in your back pocket. Um, that's all going to benefit you in the long run. You're going to be able to look at stuff um, and see, okay, I've seen this before. I've seen this, this transition from swing market to large cap scalp options markets. It's not, it's not something that's rocket science either. You'll just feel it once you've gone through it and you have to go through it. And usually it's, it's a, a year, usually it's, it's, it's a, a year long process of actually determining how um, the market fluctuates and changes throughout the year, because it's, it's tied in with the seasons. It's tied in with how the market makers are doing things. So once you kind of go through a year of that, I think that's when you actually realize, oh, I need to be taking note of this. During that first year, you have no idea. During that first year, you're like, shit is changing in front of me. I don't even know what the fuck is going on. That second year, it's like, I need to take note of these changes. The third year, you have the notes and you're finally able to use them, which I yeah. think that's why people like, like just, just, you know, they're just flying nowhere. They're just like not moving. They're not static they're 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 just stuck like they're stagnant stuck in, yeah they're stagnant they're they're um they're not sure what they need to be doing and i think that's all because they haven't they haven't taken the time because a lot of people expect to just be able to feel all that stuff like oh it's becoming large caps after like three months no you're not able to do that it takes so much time it takes so much writing down in your little journal or your your paper um, like Mitch picks, I see, I see Mitch picks on there with his, like his monthly May to June, like blah, blah, blah is this January to February, you know, small cap bio start to heat up December, less than $1 pennies. That is what I'm talking about. Exactly. That revolving door. You need to have probably like three or four of those calendars. One saying, this is when I traded pennies. This is when I traded momentum. This is when I traded large caps. This is when I trade options. You need to have another one saying, this is when I found the most success using volume this is when i found the most success using support resistance key levels this is when i supply and demand this is when i used flags this is when i use wedges yeah. you need to have a bunch of those um so i think that's something that needs to be talked about more so that's kind of what i was planning to uh bring to this episode was plan your trading based on what you've seen in the past with you know um summer being slow that's the best example i can think of summer being extremely slow 
that happens all the time. Like there's a there's a January has a thing. It's not slow, but it's it's something. And you need to find out what it is because it's going to be different for everyone. Everyone is going to notice something different in the market. You need to notice it. You need to write it down. You need to be able to capitalize on it next year when January rolls around. People don't I think I don't I think people think too that they can just jump into something and be profitable right away. So like if you've only traded commons um, your entire life and think, okay, I'm just going to jump right into options and immediately be like profitable, consistent, blah, blah, blah. Like that's not reality. Or what I see a lot is everybody's strategy is different. Somebody will see somebody that trades on the one minute and they've only ever traded on like a five minute and they're like, oh, well, I'm going to scalp now on the, on the one minute and be consistent. No, you're not <laughs> because you haven't put hours into that. So it's this whole perception of the stock market from like 2020 where, oh, uh, this is super easy. I can just put money into something and immediately get a return on it um, is f- people are understanding now that that was just fantasy land. Like it takes time. You're not just going to be a successful trader in a year or two years. There's people we've had people on where it's taken them seven, eight years. Like. It's just that's not reality of it. And if you find success early and you've been trading for three months, well, I hate to break this, break it to you, but that's probably not going to last. Like you're probably going to run into hiccups or times where you want to give up. Like we've all been to that place multiple times where we just couldn't figure shit out and nothing was working for us. I have people that DM me every single day just about that they want to give up that they can't do it anymore they've lost money they aren't holding themselves accountable to rules that they created and my question every single time is how long have you been trading and 99.9% of the time I'll get people that have been trading for like 3 4 months i'm like dude like i you know if i i would I would be dishonest if I was telling you that, you know, it immediately is going to get better. It's you're going to feel like this for a while. You're maybe next week you have a great week. The week after that, you may want to give up again. Like if you think this is the first time that you're going to have this feeling of wanting to give up, that's not the case. Like mentally this is extremely taxing until you get consistent. And that's why not a lot of people do it and can do it. So, you know, it, but, but back to the, to the adapting thing, like it takes time to get good at one thing. It's, you can't, you're not just going to immediately jump into something and, and be profitable or consistent. So, yeah, it's like the people who are successful after three months of trading have adapted to what they were able to find. But what they don't understand is the hammer is about to get dropped on them and it's going to change. One week, things are just going to shift. And when things shift, you're not, you don't have any other tools in your toolbox. So you're going to get hammered a bit and then you're going to have to learn this new tool. Yep. And then, you know, two months later, things are going to shift again and you're going to get hammered. And then you have to learn that new thing. And it just takes time to get all those tools to where when that, when that comes around, you have the tool to work on it. And you have the tool to stay consistent when that comes around. 
You just have yeah. to experience it. You just have to go through it. Like you were saying, you're not going to be good at it at the beginning. You're not going to be good at anything. You're not going to be good at TA at the beginning. You're not going to be good at um, fundamental at the beginning. You're not going to be good at trading options at the beginning. Yeah. At best, you're going to be below average. That is the best possible place you can probably be to start. Just surviving. You're going to get a little bit better. Yeah. And then you're going to get a tiny bit better. It's like climbing a ladder one step at a time. You can't. You can't jump up to the top of a ladder unless you're fucking the Usain Bolt of jumping. You have yeah. to just walk up the ladder one step at a single time, but it will slowly get you there. And then once you get to the top or once you get near the top, you're going to realize there's another ladder and there's going to be another ladder that you have to climb. And then there's another one. It just doesn't end. Yeah. Yeah. But eventually your legs are going to get conditioned. Dude, not to get off topic, but I think my can tried to kill itself. What in the world? Look at the top of my can. Dude. How am I supposed to blowing up? How am I supposed to drink off of, out of that? I was gonna cut your mouth. Tried what flavor is to that? To commit suicide on me. Summer berry fire. That looks fire. Yeah, but dude, like, how am I supposed to drink it? That looks sharp. Yeah, it, it is like, sharp. It looks. It looks like it's a. a yeah, hazard. dude, it's like. <laughs> what the hell happened right there, dude? You tried to jump off. Try to jump off the shelf on me. Dude, I dropped an entire bottle of, uh, not an entire bottle, an entire 12-pack of seltzers on my way to the car Ooh. like two weeks ago, and one of them exploded on the ground on me, and guess where most of the water fell? Your shoe? Right onto my jock. <laughs> like it sprayed up and just hit me right there. It and then like I you had pissed yourself. water there, and it looked like I absolutely pissed myself. And I was just in the parking lot with gray sweatpants on. It looked like I straight up pissed myself. That's funny. Yeah, so I got out of there, threw everything in my car, and I said, I'm going the fuck home. I planned to go somewhere else, but I was like, all right, we are not going anywhere else. Nope. Nowhere else. All right. So bullish versus bullshit today. Um, we have the new segment, which we're going to call Stock Spotlight, where we go a little bit deeper into stocks than we usually do on bullish versus bullshit. So for bullish versus bullshit, um, we're going to be sticking to technicals like we normally do, looking at the chart looking at uh, what we see via the chart, volume, whatever indicators we have on it. But we have um, four names for bullish versus bullshit, and then we have three names for stock spotlight, and I think they're all names that you guys are going to be interested in. A few of them are large caps. A few of them are um, you know, pennies that have been going off, pennies that have been getting the, uh, the Zach Morris swing treatment, which, I mean, he did real well this week. He was balling it out. So... We're going to talk first on bullish versus bullshit. We are doing Twitter, TWTR, the whole Elon Musk thing. Um, I'm putting in the back the back pocket right now. I'm not even thinking about the whole Elon Musk thing. When I look at this chart for me, um, it seems like it needs to fill that gap to the downside. Um I'm not sure why I'm getting that. It's more of honestly a gut feeling, but it has the 200 above and it got stuffed above the 200 on April 5th. Pretty hardcore. Like it, it opened above the 200, it gapped up, and then it just immediately got rammed down. Um, and then it tried to break the 200 the next day and got rammed down. And then it hasn't been able to break it since. And then it started and it got into the gap. And then this whole Elon news came out, which I, the whole Elon news, I'm kind of bullish on. I feel like it probably might happen um, to some degree. But technically, I, I think this needs to see that gap. It needs to see the gap probably down to $40. Um, 
What do you think? Well, here's the thing. I think it's dependent on what happens with this whole Elon situation. If, for whatever reason, he ends up purchasing it, I think it rockets. If it falls through, I think it fills that gap, like you said. The daily looks kind of good. You're now above your 9. You're above your 200 EMA. You have room to 51-something for your 200 MA. It's about a $3 jump. Um, I I really do think it's dependent on what happens with this whole Elon shit. Um, but if I'm just disregarding that, I think as long as it holds above the 200 EMA, around like 4675, to me, it looks pretty good. So I'm, I would say I'm bullish technically. Yeah, I'm really, really kind of on the, the fence on this one. I feel like I'm a little bit of both. I'm bullish and I'm kind of bullshit. Um, we're going to talk about this one on the stock spotlight and what Elon could bring to the company. But for technicals, I'll go bullshit for technicals. Um, yeah, I'll just stick with bullshit. I'm not confident in, in the slightest. So I'll say bullshit there. All right, the next one we have is VERU, Veru. Um, it's absolutely on a bone town train today. I'll let you, actually not today, this week is what I meant to say. I'll let you start us off on this one. What are you thinking? VERU. Ooh. So what was the news with this? Um... I think it was... I don't remember, actually. VRU. Well, the daily looks kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, VRU. Jeez, you have... I don't even know. That probably won't mean anything. You have huge supply from... February of last year, the 21st, but that doesn't really mean anything. Um, that's too far back. I think the daily looks overinflated big time. Yeah. I think it definitely has to pull back or cool down or one of those two. Um, to me, I think this is way too overextended. Um, yeah. I definitely think this has to pull back probably somewhere around, I don't know, 12, 11 bucks. So I'm calling bullshit at the moment. Also, I don't know anything about this stock. I don't know much about it either. I remember it Monday um, was one of the gappers, but I actually have an interesting take on this one, I think. Um, most people are going to say this is extremely overextended and I'm going to agree that it is extremely overextended, but I'm looking back to the last time it reacted to news, which was December of 2020. Um, long time ago. So you can't put crazy amount of uh, weight into that, but it is the same book runner, I believe 
and we saw it gapped up. It went from two dollars all the way to eleven dollars, and this time it went from four dollars to seventeen. So similar type move, um, and then we saw it retrace. What is that? That's about twenty percent, um, which would match up with ants. 11 12 dollars here and then it consolidated the bollinger bands got really really tight um somewhere around january 15th of 2021 and then we saw it rocket all the way to 25 dollars. so i'm actually gonna say um you know i agree with i agree actually 100 with ant bullshit for the time being but i think we might be seeing history have a similar a similar pattern um, where it consolidates, drops about 20% in that consolidation. Bollinger Bands get tight, indicating it's ready for another move to the upside or the downside, and then it rockets again. I could definitely see this um, having a month to two months of consolidation and then getting more news, um, whether it's an earnings, whether it's you know something else, um, and rocketing. Um, the reason the reason I put put weight into that that past prior run is because of how similar it is to this. Um, the The size of the run percent wise was very similar. The amount of days it took for it to run was very similar because that back in 2020 it took one, two, three, four days to reach ten dollars, and uh, this run here is one, two, three, four days to reach that peak of, of 1750. So I think it's looking pretty similar to that. So I'm going to go bullish um, in the midterm bullshit for the next month or two. Um, yeah, I feel like that's something that's kind of an odd take of mine. Usually I would have said bullshit here since, since it's so overextended, but I, yeah, that's actually really interesting. I never even looked back, back that far on this chart until this episode right here there's so many similarities there yeah i think it's hard because like i said i don't know anything about it um yeah but just technically it kind of it just looks a little bit overextended the last few days 100 percent is okay next we have the chippers amd and nvidia um, I'll start us off here for AMD. Um, I honestly am like kind of getting a head and shoulders vibe on the daily with the top being somewhere around 123. Um, it topped there August 3rd of 2021. And then we just had a top there on March 30th. And the head was from this time in November of 2021 all the way down to february of this year is kind of ahead um and then we had that shoulder back in august of 21 and we're having a shoulder now it's not perfect it's not textbook but that's kind of the vibe i'm getting and also it's below 100 right now and it seems to be confirming below 100 it hasn't been able to get above 100 since it broke so i'm gonna stick um bullshit here i'm i'm saying bullshit i think that that head and shoulders probably won't be strong but it might have enough of a pull to pull it down um below 100 i like i like that it's below 100 i think that's a pretty easy level to risk off of so bullshit for me um i think of this like one of two ways short term i 
am not bullish on it, but long term, I think at some point here in the near future, it's going to be a great ad long term. Um, with it being under $100 and with it being the lowest it's been since July, um, who knows where it ends up. Technically, there's really no underlying on at this point. Once you break all your EMAs on the daily, once you, you know, are the lowest you've been in a while, there's no real underlying level. Um, you really only have intraday levels, zones, and psych levels. So at this point, who the hell knows? Um, but I'm bullish long term in the near future whenever we bottom. Um, but it would be very difficult to be bullish on this at the moment when you're just kind of in no man's land. Um, so I'm kind of split short term, not bullish at all. Long term at some point, definitely bullish. I have a, uh, an IRA position in AMD. So yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty bullish on it long term as well. I just think right now, um, I'm actually excited to get those ads. <laughs> yeah. Being honest, I think there's going to be some, some bearish moves, and I'm going to probably double, triple down on that. Um, but yeah, I like it long term a lot. Chips aren't going anywhere. Yeah. And AMD, Nvidia, those are the two top. All right, we have the new segment, stock spotlight. Um, we thought we saw some some comments that maybe we need to talk a bit more more trading specific trades specific um, stocks. So I'm gonna kind of I think for these three we have three names. I'm gonna go over them, give like a quick fundamentals lowdown on them. Um, a lot of stuff you can find online, but we're probably just gonna you know interpret it a bit for you guys, talk about it a tiny bit. Um, and give you guys a little bit closer of a look into these names. So first off, we have Facebook, um, Meta platforms, the uh, the old Facebook. What's it? What's it? What's it called? Facebook Incorporated was what it was, or something like that. Mm-hmm. But now it's Meta platforms. Um, this thing has a market cap of five hundred and eighty-six billion. That's pretty fucking high. That is very fucking high. Um, their sales. They have sales of 117 billion, which warrants that 500 billion market cap. Um, their cash per share, they have 17 dollars per share. Isn't bad. Isn't great. You know, it's just it's just enough cash for them to get by. Um, they have 71,000 employees, so big ass company. That's what that says. Their PE is 15.5. Uh, that's very close to the market average. And what that tells us is if you think that Facebook is going to be a company that's going to grow in the near future um, and long term, as in they're going to be able to tap into something new, then that P is a bit low. If you think Facebook is a company of the past with that that Facebook social media um, and that's going to be the main thing that they're remembered for long time down the road, um, then their P is a bit high, honestly. Um because Pete, or everyone has figured out the whole social media game, the whole Facebook game. 
Um, they know that uh, Twitter is kind of the, the up and coming, rising over Facebook. Facebook is still really big, but it's also dying with our generation, the younger generation. So if you think that's what Facebook is and that's what Facebook is going to stay, then I think that that PE is a bit high for them. Uh, their quick ratio is 3.2, which is pretty good. That's, uh, that's something that is uh, pretty, pretty decent. It's let's look at some other stuff. I have to find the numbers that I think are actually important. Okay, so insider ownership in the past three months has gone down seven percent. That's something that's concerning. Um, we don't know the circumstances of those, we don't know if it's uh, you know, routine sales that you know ended a little larger than than normal but that is concerning that it's down seven percent in the past three months um, of insider transactions institutional transactions have gone up 0.3 percent so nothing crazy it's 80 percent institutional owned um which is a pretty solid number let's see what else we got here um looks like the average analyst target price is $324 and the share price is $211 right now. And that's after all of the downgrades and all of the adjustments after that huge gap happened where it fell from 320 all the way down to 250. Um, And the reason for that drop was Facebook said that they found some, some tougher competition in the meta world than they expected, which if you know anything about the meta, you know that it's kind of been the the craze. Um, when Facebook announced that that's what they were doing, it was kind of the craze. You know, all these companies were coming out saying, we're going to join the meta too, blah, 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 blah. Um, but Facebook is kind of the big company that's doing it. And so for me, that's where this, this stock really comes up on the crossroads. It's if you believe in meta that's 100 percent what it is if you believe in the meta and it being the future then this is going to be probably the tesla of the meta in my opinion but if you think meta is some bullshit stupid just i don't know idea like nfts for some people it's a really really like some people believe some people don't believe some people hate it some people love it it all depends on what you believe and what you think your due diligence is telling you if you think the meta is going to be successful in the future and be a money making business and a huge industry then this stock will probably you know go crazy this thing will be the tesla it will have a pe that is much higher than 15 its stock price will be much higher than 211 dollars unless they do a, a split of some sort but that's what it depends on for me. That's all I got to say. Yeah, I'm one of those people that doesn't believe. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if I don't believe. Like, obviously, the metaverse is a thing and going to be a thing. But um, I don't know. Maybe it's... Something that's going to be like a money I maker. just... It's very difficult for me... And I'm like super open-minded, but it's def- it's difficult for me to think like, like I saw somebody the other day bought like a plot of land in the metaverse for like $3 million. Like, why? <laughs> like, why are you buying real land? Like, it's so, I don't, it's hard because, you know, like you said, if it, if this is going to be a, a real thing then yeah this is you know 
like you said, the Tesla of metaverse-related stocks. But when they came out and said about that competition, and now there's a huge-ass gap in the chart, um, and with the popularity of something like Twitter, um, I know I personally have never used Facebook. I know nobody my age uses Facebook. Um, and exactly. it feels like Facebook is dying as that generation gets older. Um, but I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to know what the future is going to hold, but, um, I don't know. Uh, just looking at this technic based off technicals alone, um, that's a big ass gap. If you know, yeah, they start it to is. roll out some metaverse shit. Who knows if you know that gap gets filled or I don't know. Yeah, it's it's literally all boils down to metaverse. Like it's it's a hundred percent. If the metaverse ends up being like, because everyone's like, oh, metaverse is similar to crypto. Like it's gonna start off small. People are probably not gonna like it, and then it's just gonna blow up. If it blows up like like crypto does, then. Uh, or like crypto did then facebook is going to be fucking crazy like it'll be it'll be one of the biggest companies it already is but it'll be even bigger than it is now um yeah but yeah facebook itself like the social media platform is kind of (laughs) trash i don't like it i know like no one all i i have one is all i use it for is to like see what my grandma is posting or my aunts and uncles for yeah i call it the soccer mom social media platform really bro and they all do the pictures where it's like it dude it's the worst angle like and they go yeah or they put their butt on the they put their butt up or some shit like that okay the next one we got we've already talked about twitter a whole freaking lot today but uh talking twitter again let me pull up my notes on this bad boy so twitter Man, listen to this market cap. It is $38 billion compared to the Facebook market cap that we just heard. That is so much lower. That's nuts. Um, it's $46.90 a share as we speak right now. Their sales are $5 billion. Um, forward PE is 39 So what that's telling you, <laughs> look at the dog. What a good girl. Dude, she's gotten so much bigger since she debuted on the podcast. She her birthday's in two weeks, right? Two weeks. She's gonna be one. Yeah. Aw. Look at her, dude. Oh I uh, I take her to Dunkin' every morning, and um, they usually give her a Munchkin. And today she didn't get one. She was so upset because she knows. Does she have like a a human like personality, dude? They call them Velcro dogs because I literally can't. Like, if I get up out of my seat to walk somewhere, she's right there. Or if she's in bed with me, she has to be laying on top of me. That's why I want a dog so bad, man. Mm -hmm. Oh, her head is so silky. Oh, she's so cute. All right. So Tesla, or not Tesla, Twitter, the forward PE, which means in the future, is 39. So people are thinking that this is going to keep growing. Um, Quick ratio is 5.9. 
not great, not bad, something like that. Um, insider transactions in the past three months is up 400%. So that's pretty crazy. Institutional ownership um, is at 78%. Institutional transactions are down 0.4%. Um, anything else I need to, to bring upon this? It's in the past quarter up 13%. In this month, up 35%. Um, this year, down 36%. The mean target price is $44. So it is above the mean analyst target price, which is really, really interesting. But the big, the big elephant in the room on this one is Mr. Elon Musk. So that's the biggest thing um, is, is Elon Musk going to buy Twitter, take it private and essentially um, remove this from the stock market? Is he going to take Twitter private? Is he going to add an edit button? Is he going to um, make it the free speech platform? Because if he make if he buys it and makes it the free speech platform, like Twitter's gonna just explode. If he like makes that a point, then all of this this whole truth social on Twitter yeah, or from Trump is gonna go away. If Elon Musk makes this even remotely more free speech than it is now then it's just and i mean there's not going to be if he buys it there's not going to be anything for us to buy to profit off of it anyway but it will like explode as a company as in income sales um, market cap worth everything will explode and he might bring it back back public eventually who knows but um we both said earlier in this in this episode that we think that that elon thing is going to go through the elon uh sale so I think that's pretty cut and dry. I think both of us are probably pretty bullish on on Twitter. Yeah, it this what happens with the price, what happens you know in the with the future of this stock is extremely dependent on this whole situation because uh Anything Elon's involved with, whether it's Tesla, whether it's some shit crypto coin, whether it's, you know, whatever it is, it always does well. And he has the ability to manipulate the market. Um, so, you know, this could go on some crazy run if this deal takes place. And if he does all these things that he wants to do with Twitter, then this could be, you know, back near all-time highs at some point. Um, but I, on the inverse of that, if this deal falls through and he starts going on Twitter talking shit about Twitter, this could very well tank. So for me, I wouldn't, I saw somebody on Twitter talking about how they want to try to swing Twitter calls. And I'm like, you know, that's a coin flip. You probably should wait <laughs> because you Definitely could get extremely wait. burned. So for me, 
anything revolved around this, whether it's technicals, whether it's the future of the company, whether I, it's completely dependent on what happens. Yeah. 110%. It's all, it's all Elon. It's all on those board, board members' shoulders. Um, if, they, if they decide to sell the company to Elon and make themselves a nice, pretty penny, he'll take it public or he'll take it private, I mean, and Twitter will probably explode. There's so many Elon fanboys out there. Um, yeah. And also, we're going to have to look at at that point, Elon Musk is going to have Twitter and Tesla. That's crazy. That is absolutely crazy. This man is like the tech god of our century, which we already talked. We don't we don't really particularly personally like the guy, but he's making fucking moves. He owns SpaceX. He owns... Dang. I mean... It is crazy. Absolutely crazy. We have a last one that I think um, people are going to appreciate since this has been something uh, it's been all over Twitter recently. This is actually something that me and you talked about a while ago because I swung this for like a 30 or 50 percent swing um, a while back. It's it's PTE, Polarity TE. Uh, it's a, a skin wound company. They make um, treatments for, you know, diabetic foot ulcers, uh, leg ulcers, chronic wounds, pressure, pressure injuries, uh, acute traumatic wounds, burns, all that kind of stuff. Um, and they were down to, I believe, 20 cents, around 20 cents earlier this week. It was on my watch list for the week. Uh, and then Zach Morris got in and I believe it ran 80 percent the next day. The power that man has is pretty crazy. Um, so now let's look at this chart really quickly and let me read some of the fundamentals out to you guys. It's sitting at 29 cents. It ran all the way to 50 cents and has settled in at 29. And yes, it was 20 and 21 cents on Monday. So I need to talk a bit about, you know, income, market cap, blah, 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 blah. So the market cap of this company is 21 million right now. And their cash on hand right now is 16 million. And they burn 2 million and 500 a month. So they have seven months cash. Usually when a company, uh, a biotech company gets under 10 months cash, they're starting to look at dropping an offering. Uh, so we need to be very, very careful about them filing S3, dropping an offering. Um, at the rate that they're burning cash, it's going to have to come in 2022 and probably sooner rather than later. Um, their income is negative 31 million. So that just shows you they're burning a lot of cash on these trials. Uh, they had 12 million in sales, um, 80 employees. Um, let's see what else. Quick ratio of 5.2. Um, their insider ownership is at 4% and it is down 1% in the past three months. Institutional ownership is at 14%. Um, their performance year to date is negative 55%. Their performance in the past 12 months is negative 71%. So we're sitting with a, a very, very beaten down PTE. So let's talk about their, their actual product. 
So like I said, they, they treat wounds, they treat those ulcers, they treat um, traumatic wounds, burns, all that stuff. What do they possibly have? They possibly have a, uh, a trial finally beginning, enrolling in quarter two of 2022. So that's what we're looking at for a, for a catalyst. Um, their IND was approved and it looks like quarter two there'll be some sort of some sort of uh, press release coming out about that trial that's the time to watch out for the offering ladies and gentlemen um which we're in that we're in quarter two right now so watch out for that offering right now um be careful but with that said um this company does a great great job of marketing on their on their uh their what is this their presentation that I'm looking at of uh, marketing this product. And it's, it does so much better than the standard of care. So it's an interesting product, but it's also really far away from approval. Um, they're just enrolling. So I got to say right now, it's not looking fantastic for me, but long-term, if they can push this product out, that's a pretty crazy market that they'd be tapping into um, and everything we've seen so far is they they've blown the standard of care out of the water. It's been crazy how much better they've done. And that was the reason that I actually swung it last year was because they were that much better than the standard of care. Um, they're not very good with their money. They're not very good financially. So that's something that is is a really big negative of the company. Um, and also they're oh, my oh, my Lord. It's like a trigger warning. Dude, this presentation, there's burn wound Ew, pictures everywhere. Ew, that's disgusting. It's terrible. It's terrible. But, yeah, regardless, um, they're enrolling in a in a trial. They're going to have data coming soon, but they do need a lot more money to get through these trials. So I'm going to say, you know, for now, I would probably stay away. But sometime in the future, it'll come around again um, when they have more money and it's more of a safe position to take. Um, then it'll it'll be a great play considering their um, their product is is a lot better than the standard of care. That's what I gotta say on that one. What do you think? Um, well, looking at the chart, which is a disaster. After that, you said Zach Morris pumped this. What was that? The twelfth. Yeah. It kind of looks like it is, it, it's pretty gross. Um, but the thing is, if super cheap pennies get hot, um, this will be one people rotate into. Not only is it extremely cheap, but you know it has that Zach Morris allure behind it. Um, so technically... Uh, it doesn't look too hot. Um, you probably could grab this around 20 cents, 19, 18 cents. The issue with that is, though, you know, if we drop all the way back down to where we were three days ago, who the hell knows where it ends up after that? There's no floor for this. Um, so these are always difficult for me because, you know, everybody knows I trade technically, and technically this doesn't look hot. So it's it's very hard for me, but 
you know, if it does break down below 18.5, whatever that low was, it probably doesn't go a whole lot lower. So you could probably take a starter um, and then slowly average into something like that, especially if there's catalysts in the future like you were talking about. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Technically, not bullish, but with everything that you're talking about, um, it seems pretty bullish to me. Yeah. Cool. Cool, cool. We talked about this on the stream earlier today in your Discord, but I have a very strong opinion about toothpaste. Um, <laughs> and we share strong feelings on brushing your teeth. So I want everyone to know that I brush my teeth. I just brush my teeth in a different way. And I'm going to get some hate for this. I'm literally putting myself under under absolute fire right now. And I know it. But I just have to share my opinion. Everyone that I know that brushes their teeth with toothpaste consistently gets cavities. And everyone I know that uses like some sort of baking soda mixture or you know something else other than like blue ass toothpaste that has like fucking chemicals in it everywhere end up with no fucking cavities and dude i'm one of those people i brush my teeth with baking soda and water sometimes some hydrogen peroxide like once a week um occasionally i use toothpaste but i just i just find it hard to put all those chemicals on my teeth and then see everyone around me like getting getting like fucking like cavities and i just don't know how much toothpaste can work like people i don't know man i see i see so much stuff about like dentists like on the internet being like calling people like me idiots but like what i do is i'll brush my teeth without anything on it to like get all the like just clean it a bit and then i'll put like the my own little baking soda shit on there and that's like to clean it and keep it clean and then you know like dentists on tiktok are calling me like an idiot and telling me i'm gonna lose my teeth when i'm in the future so i'm kind of scared but like i just i just have seen for so many years and i'll be honest this kind of started because my mom told me a story when i was younger about my grandpa that felt the same exact way she was like yeah he used to think that toothpaste or something like wasn't wasn't real and he never got any cavities and i was like as like a six-year-old i was like that makes sense grandpa and so i was like i started it and then it's just never changed and in my head I, had to, I don't have cavities i go to the dentist and i don't have cavities and i don't use the normal toothpaste that everyone else uses so it's like like how wrong can i be in this situation for myself but with that said, if you don't brush your teeth and you go in public, yeah, you should be in jail. Fine. Yeah, that's if you. Yeah, that's so. That actually grosses me out. Yeah, if you don't brush your teeth, like, and you have the means to brush your teeth, like you have a toothbrush and you have toothpaste, that is like one of the most disgusting things you can do. Honestly, yeah. like I feel so strongly about that. And like, if you want to argue with me about brushing your teeth, mm. <laughs> I don't think anyone should argue about brushing your teeth. First off, you're going to be outing yourself as the person who yeah, does like, not brush their teeth. Takes like two minutes, dude. Like, just brush your teeth. Yeah, I mean, I feel like a conspiracy nut 
And I feel embarrassed that I just said all well, that. Well, I don't know. Like, that's going to be on the internet. I doubt, like, all those toothpastes do what they're advertised. Like, those charcoal toothpastes and uh, they're all these. Uh, I, who knows if they actually work like they say they do. But I brush my teeth three times a day. I wake up, brush my teeth. After I drink coffee, I brush my teeth. And then right before bed. And if you don't, that's... If you don't brush your teeth... Yeah. at least minimum twice a day Ooh. then like i said you should have to sit in jail for a night or two just to think about it yeah they need to have instead of a drunk tank a fucking tooth tank where it's just it's all just people with it, grimy teeth yeah it's all dudes that haven't brushed their teeth dude and here's the other thing too is if you drink some sugary ass sodas or something brush your fucking teeth afterwards coffee or else you're gonna end up with a cavity yeah disgusting Dude, I think, like, toothpaste probably has a whole bunch of good shit in it, but then you look at the ingredient list, and it's, like, 900 ingredients long, and yeah. it's, like, why do I need all of that? Why can't there be just a simple toothpaste out there that's, like, three or four ingredients of good shit that I actually believe? Yep. Like, why are there so much shit in this? That's the whole thing that, like, I was, like, I was just, like, man, why is there so much shit in this? So then I just was, like, I'm just yep. going to do my own thing and see if that works and it's worked for me so i maybe i'm a little crazy maybe you're onto something maybe i'm onto something maybe Mm -hmm. i'm onto the the next big thing yeah should we create a toothpaste company that's just like four ingredients yeah but it's like a it's like a mango flavor oh oh my goodness we could name it like fuck big toothpaste <laughs> like a re- like a good or maybe like an alcoholic toothpaste so you get a little buzz my goodness in the morning it's just tobacco toothpaste so like you you like rub yeah. it into your gums and you just like that'd keep be, getting more and more buzzed as you brush your teeth longer bro everyone would be brushing their teeth for like 10 minutes every morning and uh-huh. like, oh, yeah that'd be fire mango all right the last thing man is is barry he brought this up in our discord or in, in your discord this morning apparently i did not know this but you should not wash your asshole with soap first off i didn't even know people did that like people like scrub their butthole but i guess so i just let the water do it do its trick yeah like i i don't know there's I, some people that don't even think about washing their butthole at all though like I had this conversation with a group of friends because one of the, one of them was like, my boyfriend washes his butthole like vigorously, and I think it's so weird. And I'm like, so you don't wash your butthole at all? And then that transpired into this whole conversation about like why you should, why you shouldn't. So I guess maybe this is a more commonly talked about subject than I thought when Barry brought it up this morning. But I'm reading the article right now, and it says – Soap dries out your anus, causing irritation, and we will get small micro tears in the area, and you will get a potentially very dangerous infection. Jesus Christ. Well, that's not what I was expecting out of that. I, that scared the shit out of me, to be honest. I don't like, I mean, not to get into detail, but I'm not like, you know, scrubbing that. This is ant right now. Yeah, I'm not like, I'm not like doing that, but like, you gotta make sure it's clean. Like, yeah, 
like if you got a bidet a bidet will do the trick you know some water yeah. that's all i feel like you need i don't need no crazy oh dude i saw something on tiktok oh my goodness dude about what i'm actually gonna cry i just remembered this it was this dude who he said instead of oh my gosh bro i can't even imagine the pain that comes from this instead of using um like those wet wipes which by the way i've never tried still since what is wrong with you dude it'll change your life sorry i need to he said instead of using wet wipes he uses clorox disinfectant wipes oh my god (laughs) and he was being serious like he had them around his like two bathrooms and like they were both on the top of the toilet and he was like i hope you guys know i'm not kidding and like so i took him seriously and i just thought about the sting that would bring that's yeah terrible no thank you i would rather die i think yeah no thank you dude all right all right well (laughs) after that hope you guys enjoyed hearing about uh butt washing yeah you gotta try some wet wipes you tell uh your girlfriend to pick you some up at the store i will i'll tell her actually today i'll be like yo give me some baby wipes wipes. locking you outside <laughs> I'm, Dude, I'm telling you, it's revolutionary. Okay, I'll I'll check it out because I'm pretty partial to my my thick, soft toilet paper that I like. That, so no, 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 no. Trust we'll me, trust me. All right, we want um everyone to uh to you know like, subscribe, all that good stuff, and also give us a shout. Uh, what you thought of the new the new segment? If you guys liked it, um, if you want to keep seeing it. Maybe some stocks that you want to see us talk about, that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, thanks for thanks for tuning in. We didn't have a guest today, but but I still had fun. Yeah, thanks everybody. Um, I don't believe we're taking a break, right? I don't I think know. So no. So we'll continue pushing these episodes out. Continue to try to make changes where we can, make everything better. Um, But yeah, I just appreciate everybody that continues to tune in, support us, and uh, it does mean a lot to us. So thank you, everybody, and we will see you next time. Call you up from time to time Talk about you and what's on your mind So you can lie to my face and tell me that everything's okay And that you hope that I'm doing fine Don't forget where we came from You should know this ain't the same song Reminisce on the time when you used to lay in my arms And talk about all the things you wanna when the time comes Love started running cold, shit started getting old Wish I could lie to you, but these things you already know Trying to protect you from all the things that I never told I need to tell you, but baby, your love is running cold Baby, your love is running cold